Hey, good evening, everybody. This is John Gerstenlauer in sunny and warm Massachusetts. <laughs> Not really that warm. I'm here with my business partner, Scott Poirier. We're going to kind of co-host this call because the way we structure our business, I do numbers and, and contracts, and Scott has a lot of calls, so we're eager to help you guys out tonight uh, with any questions you have. Uh, hey, everybody. I'm Scott, just so you know I'm here. Yep, he's really here. So um, we hold this call on the second Monday of every month, and the Gold Club members can submit deals prior to the call that we'll review right here. If you're not a Gold Club member, you can listen, but you can't participate. Now, you can get more information and sign up for the Gold Club at www.ronsgoldclub.com. That's www.ronsgoldclub.com. And i got to ask you, if you're not – if you're listening here and you're not in a member of the Gold Club, I'm going to ask you why, because you can't answer me because you can't talk in this call. So uh, you really need to be a member. You're going to get an abundance of information, networking. There's all kinds of documents and stuff there. It's just it's literally a Gold Club. Okay, if you are a Gold Club member and you'd like to ask a question or discuss a deal you submitted, press star six to be entered into the queue. If you're a Gold Club member and you did not dial in on the interactive line that is listed on your Gold Club membership website homepage, you scroll down, you'll see that. You should hang up and dial back in using that phone number and access code. That's if you want to ask any questions. Okay, let's go ahead and get started. We have a, a, a bunch of uh, PI sheets, and we'd, we'd like to go over these PI sheets first. So I'm going to ask if if uh, Damian Gerald. I can't tell. I don't think I can tell from this, Scott, who is who. But let's just uh, well, we'll just go take them in, in line. And maybe Damian. I have I have PI sheet from Damian. I have PI sheet from Daniel. It looks like Stinson. I think I'm reading here. I want you guys to call in so we can take care of these early on. Dennis Ginoff and Orly uh, Duncanson. So let's go ahead and start with the the next person in the queue, and let's see if we come across these folks. Okay. All right, here we go. Who's on? Hello, who's Hello, on? Can you hear me? Oh, someone's on. Hello, can you hear me? I can. Who's this, please? Uh, uh, my name is Michael. Okay, Hi, Michael. so I have a... Uh, how you doing? All right, so Hello, I have a... Uh, um, I'm great. I'm... Uh, from Detroit, Michigan. All right. Okay. All right. So I didn't turn in a um, I didn't turn in a lead sheet, but I have a question about um, two leads that I'm working on. So the first one, um, the asking price is five hundred thousand, um, and she wants five percent down on the lease purchase, which is $25,000. And so my question is, is that a lot to put down on a, on a lease purchase? So you're saying that this, 5%. This, uh, okay, yes, the, first, the quick answer is yes, it is. But let me ask you, okay. this person is willing to lease option it to you or are they going to yes. sell it and give you the deed? Oh, okay. No, le no lease option. Yeah, we, we wouldn't put any money down on a lease option. At least that's not the way I, we run our business. I mean, you're gonna okay. put, you're gonna put twenty five grand when you're gonna lease it, and you put twenty five grand down, and um, 
I mean, there are ways to protect your interest maybe in cloud the, the title, but even still, it's a little, that's kind of risky if you don't have the, the actual uh, title in that property. Don't you think? Uh, yeah, I, I, I wasn't sure. I, um, I mean, I definitely wasn't putting the 25000 down, but I thought maybe uh, once I found the tenant buyer, then I'd put it down. But I just wanted to know, was that too high to begin with? So you say you don't put anything down on lease purchases? Yeah. Go ahead. Scott had something to add in there. Go ahead, yeah, Scott. Michael, so okay. this, this is a great opportunity that when you get back on the phone, let, let, let's just play this out here for a second. So you get okay. back on the phone with the seller because if you're if you're doing lease option, typically the language I have with them is, let's talk about if they want some kind of money down. I say, well, yeah, we don't do down payments on a lease option. Typically, we do first month, last month rent kind of thing. And, okay. and and the beauty of having that conversation is you can minimize how much you put down because most people would say, oh yeah, that's right. When you're leasing out a place, typically a landlord's going to want first month, last month rent. So what uh -huh. I would say is this is a great opportunity to segue back to owner financing. You want to really try to have control on this property. In most cases, we do. And that's where okay. if you're open to putting something down. Now, I know it's not coming directly out of your pocket. You're going to do that with your tenant buyer. But let, let's uh -huh. play this out so we can get the idea out. That okay. uh, To say, yeah, for, for me to put a down payment down, what we would do is we would close on the house you know, pretty quickly. Uh, owner financing, we would own it and then we would put that down payment down. And then I wouldn't ask them if they're okay with that. I would tell them that's how we would do it and then see if they stop you. Does that make sense? Yeah, 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 it does. Okay. All right, and then, I, so then um, another lead I had, it was um, owner finance, and he was willing to sell on a land contract because I'm in Michigan. And um, that house, um, he was asking two – 265 he was pretty firm on the price um it was in a nice area um but he said the the bathroom and the kitchen were outdated the house was built in 1935 so he said the bathroom and the kitchen was outdated so i um i wasn't sure if the price was too high i ran the comps and there were um houses in the area um that you know some of them were 300,000 400,000 so he may have been all right with the price um, but because it wasn't in, in, in excellent shape, um, I didn't, he wanted 10% down. I knew I wasn't going to do 10% down. And so I offered him five grand down plus takeover. Um, I mean, plus, um, pay the closing costs. And he thought about it for a couple of days and, um, turned the offer down. He said, because $5,000 wasn't enough. So my question there is, I mean, was that a deal to pursue? Should I call him back and, and, and offer him more money? Like, what would you do in a situation like that where the house is not in tip-top shape? It's not bad, but it's not in tip-top shape. And um, he wanted 10% down, but he was yeah. flexible on the, on the down. Making, I wonder why you were even making an offer. We don't make offers. What was up with that? Right, right. I was, I tripped out. What you do with the language, let, let, let me help you guys with some good language. So okay. uh, if the person is open, let's say, all right, so this person says, I want, I want 10%. I'm going to make it very clear. I'll, I'll, it, they're going to hear my, my um, discomfort with that. And I'm going to say right off the bat, yeah, I couldn't get anywhere near 10,000. Let me inject this because I'll tell you one thing. 
it's going to be tough, I think, for uh, and we would call that a work for equity house probably. It's going to be a problem uh-huh. for you to get 10% from the, the oh, yeah. uh, your tenant buyer. Yeah. You know, I mean, right. <clears throat> so okay, so okay. The, way that, the way that you smoke them out to really see is this a lead worth pursuing, you're going to say, Oh yeah, I mean, you just out now telling you say, oh yeah, man, yeah, I couldn't get anywhere near ten thousand uh, or ten percent down. I need uh-huh. some room on that. Do you have any room on that at all? He says, no, no, I got to have the ten thousand. Ten percent. I mean, I mean the ten, the ten percent. Well, w- well, what's your answer? You say, well, have a good day. You're done. Right. Why? Okay. That's why you don't make an offer. You say, yeah, I couldn't do it. Now, okay. Let's, okay. Let's just play, let's just play it out for a second. Let's say he goes, "Well, I would do 5%. This is what I would say. First of all, I don't agree to anything on the phone. I'd say, "Well, you, you know, Joe, as you know, I haven't seen the house yet. You sound like you're a pretty flexible guy. Uh, can we have that conversation more and talk more about that down payment when I get to the house and I see it? Would you be willing to do that?" Most reasonable people are going to say, "Yeah, okay." So now he just lowered it to 5%. I would not do this with 10%, by the way. I'm not going to the right. house if he's at 10%. But if he lowered okay. it to 5 that's what I would say. You know what? As you know, I haven't seen the house yet, and uh, I'd like to get in there and see it. Are you still open for us talking about that, that 5% when I get there? Because when you get there, that's when you're going to say, you know, hopefully you see enough other stuff in there that you want the house and say, hey, I'm, I'm ready to go. I've got to talk to you about that down payment. I just need a little more room on that. What kind of flexibility do you have on that? That's the most powerful position that you're going to be when you're in that guy's house. Okay. 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 All right. All right. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Okay, great. Thanks. Thanks for calling, Michael. Listen to the rest of the call now, all right? You might hear some else. Cool. Will do. All right. We'll see you. All right. Hey, uh, guys. Who's next? It's, it's Dutch Andrews. Dutch, how you doing? I'm doing great. Good. Great. 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 I think he'll let me take it subject to. I'm wondering if the Garn-St. Germain Act applies equally to business loans as it does to residential loans. It is on five residential condos under one roof. I'll tell you what, Dutch, and you, you know me, this is John, you know me, I'm not an attorney. There's a disclosure for you. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> of course, the Garn St. Germain Act of 1982, it did a couple of things. One thing it did, and they did a lot of things, it, it muddied up the works, as Congress always does, but what it did was it allowed people who owned their own property to put it into a trust without triggering the due-on-sale clause. Correct. It, it also kind of created the due-on-sale clause, the existing stuff. See, before that, it wasn't very common to have a due-on-sale clause. Mortgage companies didn't care. So mm-hmm. they, they, the lobbyists said, okay, it's time to, time to put a stop to this. We've got to get more money. We're going to have closing costs and points, all that cool stuff. So they forced that due-on-sale clause in the Garn St. Germain Depository Institution Act of 1982. And so that came to be, but, they, but then 
people said, wait a minute, though. What if, what if I own my house and I just want to put it into a trust for estate planning purposes? And so they gave that waiver. So I would suggest, and you, you know, if you ask an attorney, a lot of attorneys, most attorneys, when I tell my attorneys about this, they look at me with this quizzical look, like a stunned mullet look kind of thing. They have no idea what I'm talking about. They don't know what Garner St. Germain is. So most attorneys might not be able to help you with that. But I would mine say does. that. Mine, yeah, well, good. Mine, you probably, mine, you probably mine taught does. And, yeah, and I taught and he's a good – and I need to get him on that list of attorneys. You, um, you need to get his opinion then because if, if he oh, knows it now and understands it. But I'm it. checking – I thought I was checking with uh, Ron, the, the guru, the master, but uh, I think I can do it. What difference does it make? I work at the same bank. I mean, I, I bank at the same bank. If they were to get upset, I'm just going to tell them to keep his mouth shut and refer and say well, he, I'll, put it in a, I'll put it in the land trust. To, uh, his, yeah, his state Put it into trust. Put it in trust. But huh? it, I don't think you're protected by Garn St. Germain. If, if, if my half legal mind is, serves me correctly, okay. I don't think you're protected by Garn St. Germain. It's all about people and, their, and estate planning purposes. So I don't think so. But is the bank going to even know? Is it in an LLC right now? Yes. And they wouldn't know unless he blabbed. And if he blabbed, because I'm going to make him hold a third position note on the back end uh, so he doesn't get all his profit up front and run yes. so he'll keep his mouth shut. It, here's what so I would do. I would probably, if it was me, I would probably talk to my attorney about it and ask him have, the best, best, most thorough opinion I can get. And if I thought it was a great deal, I'd probably say, I don't care either way. I'm going to go take it, maybe put it into trust, and just ride with it. And, and Yeah. It would take them a while before they could foreclose on it. By that time, you've I got, can. You've got that right. Got because that right. it's going to only be, a, I'm only going to ride it for about a year anyway. Um, because I'm going to force the appreciation. It's five condos. I'm going to force the appreciation, turn it into Airbnb, and then refinance it anyway. It's a five and five and a half percent. I'm just trying to save closing costs on $300,000. Sure, sure, sure. I, I wouldn't personally. I don't think I would let the Garden Saint Germain, whether it covers it or not, and I don't think it does in commercial. But I don't think it would let scare me. If I had a good deal, I'd go for it. You got to give them a wrap around it, or what? Uh, yes, I was. I'm going to yeah. give him a wrap for the two ninety five, so that he's protected. <clears throat> and I'm going to the and each of the there's five different condos in there that are individually tax ID'd, and so I'm taking $40,000 uh, notes on them. They understand that there's a first on it. They'll be in second position, then I'm going to put him in third. But if he wants to get rid of this this thing, I'm probably going to have to put about 50000 into it. But I've got to put in um, about 12 mini splits. It's an older building that he's condoed into five apartments. It's a large older building. Yeah. Are you going to flip this? Take, you know, huh? Are you going to sell these off when you get done renovating? No. I'm going to um, give a takeout loan to my son-in-law, and he's going to run it because it'll be cash flowing like crazy because yeah. right now they're just having long-term leases to nurses for about nine eighty-five, nine fifty a month. And I can Airbnb these things real easy because it's right across the street from the main hospital. Sure. And it's two blocks from the light rail, 
and it's a 1900s house, and um, I've already got an in-place property manager yeah. in unit number five, just Airbnb the other four. I'll probably be able to clear um, seven fifty to twelve hundred a week on the um, on the um, Airbnbs. Sure, sure. It's perfect. Yeah, I, for listen, it's and then run for Dutch. I say, what, what what's holding you back? Get going on it. Talk oh, to your attorney. I'm right on just it right to make now. sure you cross T's, dot me I's. Hey, I just wanted to I just wanted to hear my name spoken. So I called him. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. It's good to hear you. <laughs> yeah, God bless right. you guys. Thank you so much. Thanks, you right. too. Yeah, we'll, we'll All see right. you. Go for it. Right. Go for it. I'm going for it. All right, man. All right. Hi. Who's next in the queue? Nakia. Nakia? Yes. How are you, Nakia? I'm good in yourself. Good. Where are you? I am in Miami, Florida. Ah, I used to live in Miami. <laughs> Good yeah, I was, a pro- I was an engineer on that downtown metro mover, that elevated thing. I was a project engineer on that project back in the 80s. Really? Yeah, oh, yeah that man. was in the 80s. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So, Nikia, how can we help you? All right. I have uh, – it was a possible deal, but I think it's dead. I just wanted to run it by you guys to make sure it's not um, – Called the homeowner from the Gold Club. I'm new to this, but have a little bit of experience with wholesaling. So I came over to Ron and loved the platform of Pretty House Terms. So I've been shooting for $500,000 homes and higher. Um, currently, the mortgage on the property is one for $1.4 million. Um, the asking price was $1.525 million. Um, and the ARV was $1.6 million. I submitted an offer to her. Well, we, we spoke on the phone, and I asked her what she sell for what she owe. Of course, that was no. And I asked her what was the lease she would take, was, which was $1.5. We set up an appointment. I went to go see her on Saturday. But before I did, I asked her the three golden questions. How much? Um, I'm assuming that you would accept this deal if we decided to. With zero down, she said yes. Monthly is 6300 and the term was for three years. She wanted to do a land contract on the property with the lease option. The issue is she have a tenant in the house, and the owner don't understand lease option. She thinks she does, but she doesn't. Um, so because she had a tenant, I was like, you know, I would rather take her under contract was just doing an option deal because she didn't understand what a lease option was. I would rather put the house on the contract for three months and bring her a cash buyer because she said that she wanted to cash out. She don't want to be a landlord anymore. So I thought that was the best exit strategy for her and I. Well, today she emails me. And is it okay if I share the email she sent to me? Sure. Okay. She sent me an email and she says to me, and this was kind of weird for me because she's a mortgage broker, and I think that's what the issue is. She's, she can't wrap her head around the financing. Um, hi, Nakia. Oh, I'm sorry. Hi, Nakia. The lease option doesn't list an amount of rent for the lease. 
I don't think the lease option makes sense for us. She says, if you, if you have a client that wants to either enter into a land contract, I would consider that as it is a true purchase. They would just have to refinance in three years, but they would truly own the property. We would just be holding the note. On a land contract, I would want 10% down, and the interest rate on the note would be 7%. I would also have to pre-qualify the, the borrower. I understand the credit is not going to be great. Let me know if you have any clients that would be interested in that option. The house is going to remain on the market for now. Yeah, yeah you're, you're, not a, you're not a realtor, are you? No, I'm not. Yeah, so you don't really have any clients, per se. No. Right? Yeah, I think no. this is a done deal. I think it's a dead deal. It's a dead deal, yeah, right? I'll, okay. I'll tell you why. But and th this is where you want to, and again, I, I you know, it, it's probably better to just go ahead and end, end the conversation. But I sometimes did. you have to choose your, okay. And I say sometimes you have to choose your battle. So she dictated 7%, 10% down, 7% interest rate. I'd say, yeah, I couldn't do any, I couldn't get anywhere near that amount. Be emphatic right. with it. When you're talking to people, let them feel like there's no way that she's ever going to do this. And then always follow it up with, do you have any flexibility? Can, I need more room than that. Can you lower that? She says, no, you're done. But it sounds like, um, based on, every, on that email and everything you just said, this, you're right that she doesn't understand it and seems like this is over. Right. So I wouldn't even go – I would read the rest of it, but it's what my reply was to her. And I basically just told her the lease option I sent you was only for me to place your home under contract for 90 days. I said that, um, this option only gives me permission to present your home to my executive buyers who need terms and time to qualify. This option does not include a tenant buyer until I find one that is the most qualified. I said once the tenant buyer is approved by you and I, then we will proceed with the lease option agreement. As of right now, the option agreement is only to give me the right to present your property to the market at my expense. I have to secure my position in this deal. I thought that this would be a great time because in three months, your current tenant's lease would be up, and you said to me that you wanted to be done with this property. I wholeheartedly think this is a win-win situation, especially because I have two buyers in mind. I have no issue with the lion contract. And you holding the note on the property, but that structure does not happen until closing, which will happen with my attorney. And that was what I replied with her with. Yeah, and Nikki, you know, let me, let me just add one thing here, Nikki. You really got to be careful. And, you know, I don't know if you know this person as broker, but you could be crossing that line practicing real estate without a license. I mean, I, I'm just saying oh. you got to be careful. I, um, just be very, very careful. And you, if you start saying you've got clients and you're bringing clients and you're going to get fees, you're going to get paid, that's real. That's practicing real estate. Real estate, got you. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you gotta be really careful with that. I, I uh, you know, and I tell you what, if the deal was a really great deal, Scott and I would probably find a way to to work with the person so that that we're not uh, openly practicing real estate without a license. We'd be very careful in that. In this case here, uh, they want ten percent down on a one and a half million dollar house. So, yeah, I I see all kinds of deal breakers here. I can right. go right back to that million dollar script. For a million-dollar house or a hundred-thousand-dollar house, go back gotcha. a million-dollar script, and it's not working. You, you've got to spend your time on more other good deals. Yeah, motivated sellers. That's what you're looking for. Motivated. She's not motivated. Sellers. That's the issue. Yeah. Okay. Exactly right. Gotcha. That's what I would say. Yeah. 
So basically yeah. try to stay away from the options because I'm not a realtor. No, 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 no. We, we've done lease options. Oh, not lease options, but the option to basically bring a buyer to a seller and, you know, make money that way. You just need to be careful how you express that to the other, to, to the other individual. Okay. In, in most cases, what I'm doing is I'm just asking for 90 days to close. I don't even get into the language in most cases with a seller that I'm going to go okay. ahead and find them a buyer. All that language is going to set you up. When you're saying, I'm going, to, I'm going to find you a buyer, now they think they're going, to be, they're going to be in contract with them. I'm not surprised that this lady responded the way that she did. She wants to approve the buyer, blah, blah, blah. We don't want to open okay. up that door. All we yeah. say is, hey, we're definitely interested. I always leave them with a good taste in their mouth, right? We're, I'm definitely interested in buying your house. I want to get out there and, do, and, and, and take a look at it. I'm going to bring paperwork with me so that, you know, if we're all in agreement, we'll get paperwork going and get this thing going. And I tell them, in, in this particular case, if I'm not going to close on it right away because I know I need to find me my buyer first, like <laughs> there are some houses I'm not sure yet, so I'm going, to want to, I'm going to pad that with some time. I'll just tell them, hey, we'll close within 90 days. I just don't tell them why. Don't even go down that road. Okay. Um, and, and then see if they're open with that, Okay. Perfect. This was my first one. So I was a little nervous, but I do have a friend that's a realtor, and he have a guy that we had in mind. So that's why I kind of sure. went more into detail. But um, yeah. we were going to actually split the deal if there was something to split. But at the end of the day, yeah, it's dead. So I get it now. I, I, tell you, I think you've got a good telephone delivery. I think you, yeah. I can hear the excitement in your voice. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're, you're headed down the path of success. But, you know, it's going to be about – it's a numbers game, as you know. You've got to make a lot of calls. You got to, it's, it's work. Let's face it. It is work. It's not going to be just falling out of the sky. But I think you're going to be successful because you sound like you're, uh, you've got the right mindset. Okay. All right. Thank you. All right. Great. All right. Thanks for calling in. Good talking to you. <laughs> no worries. You too, guys. Thanks so yeah. much. All right. Bye. Okay. Next, I think, if I'm not mistaken, this is Daniel Stinson. Am I right? No, this is Mary Ann from California. Mary Ann from California. Oh, I see. I'm trying. Look at my queue here. I can see that uh, that Daniel's in the queue somewhere here. Okay. okay. Mary Ann from California. What part of California? It's a big state. Orange County, California. I'm real close to uh, Disneyland and Anaheim. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've been there. I visited years ago. Beautiful yeah. part of the state. So, yeah, Mary Ann, what's your question? Well, two questions. One is... I spoke with a seller, and she disclosed that her husband committed suicide in the garage, and she had to disclose that. Um, now, if I were to do a deal with her, I would need to disclose that to the buyer, yes or no? Here's what we, well, you know something? <laughs> God, we, we, have have a story, yeah. we have a story. I'll make it quick. That's called a stigmatized okay. property, or could be a stigmatized property. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it, and the laws with regard to that, it depends on the state. And I know up here we have, a, a, we have a, what we would call a stigmatized property. There was actually a murder in our house. And um, we bought it, and two weeks later we found out there was a murder in the house. And we found out that we did not have to disclose that in Massachusetts. It was not required to disclose it. So it's by your state. You have to find out. You, you ask your attorney if you have to disclose that, uh, a real estate attorney. But I will tell you this, though. Even though it was not a requirement in Massachusetts, we felt that if we did not disclose it, 
And the tenant buyer got in, and three months later talked to a neighbor who said, hey, you know, Joe, Joe murdered Susan Ann over there, and it's going to happen eventually. And then, then what do you have? People say, you didn't tell me this. I'm spooked. I can't stay in here. So we were very careful and circumspect, and we did, in fact, gently disclose it. <laughs> yeah. I, can't, I can't tell you the details. I can't tell you the details, Marianne, because I'm laughing. Someone was murdered, but I'm laughing so, here. So the, so the approach with something like this, the, the approach went like this, that when I was talking to a potential tenant buyer, I didn't start with the stigmatism on that property. I made sure that we had the conversation, that they qualified, um, and before letting them in the house, the only people we're ever going to let in the house to take a look are people that we are going to qualify over the phone, okay, meaning that they have the income, they have down payment and all that. Toward the end of that, before I set the appointment to let them go in the house, I'll say, hey, listen, um, you know, uh, there is something about this particular property that, I, that you know what, I, I've decided that it's probably good for me to tell you about it. Some people, you know, can have a problem that someone died in a property. Uh, is that a concern for you? And that opened the door for us to at least have the conversation. And then, and then of course, you know, most people are, are pretty good with it. They say, no, no, not, not necessarily, as long as someone wasn't murdered in there. And I'll say, well, there is, there is a story behind this. Do you want me to tell it to you? And then I don't get into all the details, but then I do tell them that, yes, that there was someone that was killed in the house. Uh, we have someone that we're, we're two years on this property, and we, we've got our buyer in there. So yeah, it worked we're, out okay. We're making good money on that property, but... We, uh, okay. Okay. Yeah, Great. we did disclose, but gently. Yeah. yeah. All right. I agree. So, I so, agree. I just wanted to clarify that. My other question is, what do you find uh, would be best for me to order uh, expired listings or out-of-town owners? What do you find that you have a better results with in finding a for sale by owner you could do a deal with? Well, results are different in different parts of the country. So I, I, we can't tell you that if you – we use My Plus leads for expired listings. And we like My Plus leads. But I can't tell you that, that you'll get the same results that we got. Actually, we're in Tennessee. We have a business in Tennessee as well. We use, we use it mostly in Tennessee. Um, I don't know how it worked for you out in California, but you certainly can try. It's not, it's not the leads. They're like 50 bucks a month, I think, yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Not a lot of money for my plus leads to get expired listings. They also have FISBOs, and I think they have uh, other li uh, lists. I forget what they have in there, too. But um, that, that I thought they worked pretty well. Yeah, they, they, they got FURBOs to, for, for rent by, they for got rent by owners. Too, yeah. So, so j just like anything else, uh, Marianne, you're going to always want to measure it. And so um, I think it's worth picking up different lists and measure it for a couple, three months. And see see what you're getting. See see what the quality of the leads are, and then make a decision from there. Does that make sense? Okay. Yes. Yes, I agree. All right. Thank you very much. Okay. You're welcome. Good Thanks for calling. Yeah. Hello. Hey. Hey. Hello. Uh, Jerry Roche from Louisiana. Jerry from Louisiana. How you doing? Pretty good. Uh, my question is, uh, I have a, a buyer that in, that is interested in a HUD property. Is there any way that I can get in on a deal in a, uh, with a HUD property that's on the offer at the time to owner-occupant? You say it's a HUD property, you said? Yeah. This will be a, a wholesale deal. So, oh, so it's available for you to buy. Right. Is that right? Is that Correct, and you've got a buyer lined up already. Yeah. 
What's holding you back? Well, because it's only open at the time for uh, owner-occupant. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. That's for the first, like, six days, something like that, or 20 days. I forget the amount of time it is. But it's still, you've got to pay cash or get some kind of financing for it, correct? Right. Yeah, that, that's, I mean, that, you could, you, we've done some deals like that. We bought deals from wholesales, but that does not fit into the, that does not fit well into the full pretty house or even the, even the uh, work for equity program that, uh, that I, I really think that's where you're going to find your, your, your better deals, better cash flow deals for you. I mean, you could always get private lending, and if you can cover your interest in, in taxes and insurance with rents, you could structure a deal that works for you. But, uh, you know, I wouldn't be chasing those kind of deals there right now. Yeah, yeah, I happen to agree. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's really outside of Ron's box. That's not something that uh, that he's teaching. Yeah. Yeah. There's some I risk. Mean, There's some risk so, there. So why why aren't you um, looking for like bizbos or you know those kind of things that like are you uh, are you uh, yeah you must be in the gold club because you're calling in here. So do you get Ron's right. uh, fizzbos? Yeah, I, I uh, I'm calling fizzbos. I don't have a VA, but I'm calling them myself, and uh, it's just I haven't been able to to uh, come across a motivated seller yet. But I, I was in, uh, got this deal here, uh, this perspective in the in in line during the process. So I was trying to figure out if there's any way that I can get in on this deal. Yeah, and no, I I wouldn't be I wouldn't be jumping all over this one here. I'll tell you, it's just it's just it's just, it's risky. It's it's just not the kind of a deal that that you really want to have in your portfolio. Not not in the earliest stages. You know, you become a much more sophisticated investor down the road. You might. You might yeah. find a way to to make those kind of deals, but I would suggest you stick with Ron Scripps and do the uh, the, the pretty house business. It, uh, maybe do the ugly house business as well, but pretty house or work for equities. Uh, we've done a lot of work for equities where we we've gotten a house for a real good deal and needed needed we call it heavy lipstick, and our tenant buyer comes in who's skilled and we've made some decent equity oh, yeah, house sure. properties. Yeah. But I, I would really recommend you stick with the Ron scripts and the and the Pretty House scripts and uh, and for now keep away from those kinds of deals where you're gonna buy cash and private land or whatever you're gonna do. The other thing too, Jerry, let me let me just jump in on this just a little bit and encourage you that when you can uh, make the break from making those calls yourself because you're calling the majority of those leads. If you're being the VA, you're calling the majority of these leads are junk. And you're going to get disheartened very, very quickly. Man, it's going to be like, oh, every time you're on the phone, it's no. This is no, no quality with most of those leads. So when you can be in a position that you can get a VA to make that first touch, and your job is to try to drive more leads to that VA, uh, that's where you're going to increase your chances for getting your first deal. But if you're doing it all at the front end, man, you are scaling the side of a mountain, my friend. Okay. Keep that in mind, okay? Yes, sir. All right. Thanks okay. for thanks for calling in, Jerry. Thank you. I can see Scott. We got uh, Daniel. I think this is Daniel. Is that you? Yes. Hello. How you doing, Daniel? Daniel is it Stinson? Stinson, man, I can't believe what happened. I've been trying to talk to you guys for a long time. Anyway, right, never, never mind. Never mind. Never mind. I'm like the guy that just got off the phone going up the mountain. 
Yeah. And, um, You're that guy? I, I, yes, I'm like that. And um, I'm excited. We've got to get you off that mountain, off the side of the mountain. We've got to get you on a good trail, okay. not, not the side okay. of the mountain. Right, right. But I have to come that way because I started out with nothing. Nothing. I was, um, boy, let me, can I just skip all of that sob story and get right to what I need help with? You got it, man. We got two PI sheets here for you. Oh, right. yeah, you got, that's what I sent in this morning, yes. Right. Two PI, so let's go to the PI sheets. I got one here. Let me go. I think this is going to be a quick one, this first one. Okay. It says, okay. it's got a line through it. says cash. This is, um, which, by the way, I want to, uh, where it's under the PI sheet where it says on the left-hand side, your student name, the date, that address, address city, that's the address of the property, not your address, okay? Oh, from now on. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so, so, I, so this property, this first one, it says cash across of it. It says uh, Jake, it's like Jacob Dupre, I'm going to guess. And yes, I, there's no address. We, we couldn't do any looking up and get a feel for it. Oh, but I will wow. tell you this, though, Daniel. Man, yeah. Cash, the cash deal. What do you want to do? We want to touch that for the cash deal. Okay. Well, I didn't think so, but um, 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 um Lynette said that. Uh, what did she tell me? I don't forgot, man. That it could be. Uh, um, she gave me some kind of reason not to throw it away. I don't forgot. Anyway, so um, Brian. Well, I mean, if you dash him three twenty-five, it's worth five hundred. You know, <laughs> okay. But I can't. I can't tell from this. What's? You know, I have no information on the comps. No, no information. Right. Anything here? So it's really there's not much I can do with this. But um, and it's it could be an ugly house at three and a quarter. But it's an ugly house. It's worth really seven and a quarter. I can't tell that. It's not a lead. There's not enough information. I understand. No, there's really not. There's really not on that one. You're really yeah. going to get a lot of information. So let's go. Let's go to the second one here. The second one is in uh, on Southfield Parkway. Yeah. The asking price is uh, one hundred nineteen thousand dollars. Yeah. Let me ask you a question. Did you did you do any rent comps at all in this? No. Wow. I yeah. That's, I that's, that's right there. What Ron has on on this PI sheet? It says your comps, and he recommends. Realestateabc.com. It's a it's a it's a great site. It's got it's actually I think it is the Zillow database, but you get to get into the weeds and and pick out the high the the R if you will using Realestateabc.com to get a comp. I don't know what this one would be worth. Uh, maybe Scott's got an idea. But oh oh the uh, yeah I, I actually did a little research uh, on this Daniel. I got the ARV on this at one fifty hundred and fifty thousand, and the rent comp is at twelve hundred. Okay. So, uh, do I have this right? This property is free and clear. No. No, no. It can't be free and clear because we got PITI, but we have no mortgage balance. So we need to have yeah. that. And, and one other thing I noticed. One other thing, Daniel, near the bottom it says association fee. This is a. Uh, I believe this is a condo. Am I right? Townhouse. Yes. Yeah, townhouse. So typically, there's a an HOA fee. You know, a monthly homeowners association fee. Okay, and that that's going to bite into your you got six fifty PITI. If he'll take uh, Peyton's a she, I think if she'll take the six fifty only PITI, and mm. you've got to pay whatever that association fee is, and uh, you know I had close to a thousand bucks per month for rent comp. Scott did a little dig a little deeper. It could be twelve hundred. So the point okay. is though, you're going to have some 
idea if it's going to cash flow for you. I mean, well, the 119 buying... comp against 119 asking price sounds pretty decent. Okay. Brian asked when I call him to um, see if we can get him to come down with the price. I, I well, I don't think that. I don't think the problem with price. We're, we're thinking it's worth maybe 150k. There, he's already asking 119. Okay. I, you don't have enough. Means, what's his What's his mortgage value? Okay, so there ain't enough information on this lead sheet. To, I need to call. I, I think the more. Yeah. What's What's the principal balance left in his mortgage, and also. Um, uh, the association fee. The association fee. One of the comments okay. I had is, I don't know who made this call. Did you make this call? No. No. Someone said I told. Someone said I told her someone more professional will be calling her. That's a real no-no. Well, I don't know who said that. That was me, man. Because I, 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 um, that was um, because I was at the place and I didn't have any leads, and um. Yeah. Um, yeah, I had one from the last uh, event back in um, January, um, but I think the owners were realtors. A anyway, yeah, so yeah. I just had to do what I could to get something up there. Let me and give they, you some language on that, Daniel. I'm going to give you some language, okay? Because give me some language. Uh, I, I don't know who I, I don't know who else you had in mind that was going to make the, make a call back to them. I don't know if you were at one of Ron's events or, or something like that. But if you've got that's someone else that's involved in this with you that's going to help you with this, all, all you say is, hey, listen, what I'm going to do now is I'm going to have one of my partners give you a call. Uh, okay. So that way we can set the appointment. And don't okay. worry about how literally you're saying that. That's all you want to convey. I'm going to have one of my partners call you so that we can set the appointment. That's and then it. take it from there. Okay? Okay. Okay. He told me to get Dan Pitts to do it for me. Um, so, so, okay, Dan, so Dan Pitts, he, right, right, right. Okay. He would know just what you just told me. He would know that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Plus, I got my big black book, man. I got my manual. I'm going to study. Have you, have you gone yeah. through the million dollar script with, uh, with Peyton or, or Cody? I think Cody's the husband, maybe because of fiance, because you got, they, they're looking for a down payment as well. And, you know, the million dollar script, we usually buy with nothing down, okay? And I, and because they're looking for a down payment here, but, yeah. Stick to okay. that million dollar script. Okay. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yes. Um and I don't have it verbally coming off the tip of my tongue to repeat it to you. <laughs> no, that's all right. That's all right. No, they, listen, I gotta read it. I'm reading it right now. I got Ron's book open. I got the quick stop book open because I'll tell you what. Same here, man. Gotta, that sounds good. I gotta read it. Yeah, but thanks. Why thank you. <laughs> but I'm telling you, nothing, there's nothing wrong there's no shame in having to have the cheat note in front of you. Right, right. You can learn how to read right through it, you know, smooth. I need it, right. I believe I could do it and make it sound like I'm not reading it. What yeah. Page, what page is it on? What page is it on? 61. 50, oh, way back there. Let's see. Okay. Wow. 56. 61. Million dollar script. 64. You should buy nothing down, okay? It's in two places, too. So, uh, he should be doing, if he's got a yes way, he should work off of this. Because that goes right into the million dollar uh -huh. script. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah, we got a different manuals. This is at the top. Payments current with a lot of equity, but needs work to stay in. How long ago did Could you, be. How long ago did you uh, go through Quick Start? This is the Quick Start. You talking about Fast Track book, huh? No, Quick Start no, book. No, we're looking at Quick Start. On page fifty-one, sixty-one, six-one, sixty-one. Oh, go back. Okay, 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 okay. 
Wow, I had the wrong one. And by the way, for everyone else that's, that's listening in, your script that you have from Ron that says script a call back of FISBO with a yes on B, that million-dollar script is embedded in that script. So you, you've, got, you've got a regular script to follow when you're calling someone who's a yes lead. And if you follow the script, it brings you right into the million-dollar script. Sure. It's right on that one sheet. Okay, what's the lead? Okay, million-dollar script, right. Okay, what's the lease you can accept on the price if we can agree on terms? Yeah. That's I'm listening. It. That's it. You got it. <laughs> okay, okay. Is that the best you can do? All right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I can do I'm going to work on it, man. I'm going to get with it. So, all right, but all right. I ain't gonna, I'm going to talk to Dan tomorrow, and I appreciate you guys. And, um, all right. Thanks a lot for calling in. Yeah. All right, man. All right, good night. All right. Yeah, right. yeah. All right. Now, I think we have Orlee Duncanson. Is that right? Yes, you do. Um, I'm going to let somebody ask a question for me. Go ahead, Pete. Hello? Hi. I have a, um, let's see, I just, um, I have a PI lead, and that PI lead is showing, if the, the home is, Asking, their asking price is five hundred and forty-nine thousand eight eighty-eight, and the next yeah. question. Can, can, can they I, hear can me? I hold, hold on one second. Hold on one second, please. Yeah. We have a PI sheet that we, from Orly. Is this? Are we going to go over this PI okay. sheet from Orly? Or? That's Paula Bonner. Paula. Right. Do you see one up there for Paula Bonner? No. No, we only have one. It's the one okay. that uh, Donald the Schaefer. Yeah. I I sit but, mine at four thirty. I sit mine at four thirty exactly. But I'm partner. I partner with uh, Orly, and we attended okay, the uh, Paula Bonner B O N N E R, and I I did submit it and I sent an email too, just telling you about the comps that I found. But I, it was really quick. I just wanted to. Um, find out the asking price for the home is five hundred and forty nine thousand eight eighty eight. The ad I'm in Atlanta, Georgia. Okay, that's number one. And the address is four five six two Worthings Drive, W O R T H I N G S Drive. And it's in well, Powder okay. Springs, Georgia. Yeah, I'm not familiar with Atlanta that well so the address won't help me. So how can we uh, uh Oh okay. All right. Well well, I just want to know how to structure this deal because when I um, the asking price is five forty nine eighty eight. He has a first mortgage for uh, five hundred and ten thousand dollars, and the house is beautiful. And he is um, he had a, his mother passed away. His father is eighty nine years old. They want to scale down, so he's. Uh, he said he wants to move as soon as possible. He would consider taking monthly payments until the property is paid off, but it has to be, he said, a 20% down payment. And I did tell him that was, that. can he do better than that? Because we usually don't do down payments. But right now he's still stuck at the 20%. I'm trying to get him to go to 10%, which would be about 50000 and I just wanted to, and then also I wanted to, I was thinking about doing, um, taking over the debt subject to, or 
is that the same as seller financing? I guess I'm just, I get the two phrases mixed up, and I'm not sure what to do. What no, would you it's do? All, it's, all a form, it's all a form of owner financing, but it just so happens this particular owner is also has some financing to a bank, and you're gonna probably uh, you probably won't be subject to. It might be a wrapper on mortgage. You're gonna give him a wrap, maybe something like that. Okay. So you would do a wrap, like um, so. What about the yeah, down but, but, payment thing? No, I would not give this guy, this person, a down payment. This person would not get, they would not get uh, 10%. They would not get 5% down payment out of me. How would you guys, okay. let, let's just play this out for a second. Let's just say that you did the 10%. I mean, Ron would have an aneurysm, first of all, okay? If, if there is 10% down, how do you guys even get paid? You don't work for free, <laughs> right? So you have right. to, I, I, want was... you to trust, I, I want you to trust the script. If they don't move on that down payment, you end the call. There's nothing else you do. Move on. Just move on. Trust okay. the promise. Ron would say whack them. Yes. Whack them. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I appreciate that. I was thinking about that. And then also the comps. Okay. And then the comps, just so you know, is they were – when I pulled the comps on Real Estate ABC – they're they're one of the larger homes in the area, and they were the ones um, the highest home that had sold in that neighborhood was five hundred and thirty thousand. So I could, but they also are six bedrooms, and he has seven bedrooms. So I could see the price, but he wasn't offered. There's no equity at that point either. If that's yeah, you're just what giving more reasons there. why. Yeah, you're giving more reasons why the call is dead. There's nothing there. There's not a it's not the seller you're looking for. Not motivated. Okay. And you wouldn't make any money. <laughs> you wouldn't make anything. No. But let me ask. Yeah. Let me ask you this one question: If I were to get, if I were to sway him to come down and pay what he owes, he agrees that I could buy it at what he owes, which is five hundred and ten thousand. And then if I could, um, even at five hundred and ten thousand, like you say, no, we still don't do no deposit. No deposit. Well, if you're buying it for what he owes, why would there be uh, why would there be a down payment? That's that's a moot uh, issue at this point. If you're buying it subject to, so um, I think from everything you've said, I would mm-hmm. not be picking up that phone. I'm just telling you okay. what I'm hearing you say. Um, yeah, you're going to be begging this guy for business, and it's just going to get deeper. You're going to waste your time. Okay. Don't waste okay. your time. Okay. All right. Thank you. Orly right, is going. one of my partners. Thank you. Orly, did okay, you have anything? Yeah. Sorry. This is Orly. Hi. Hi, Orly. Hey, okay. My um, person is in Fort Lauderdale, and he wants 395 for 4 2 Can you get closer to the phone or something? Because they're really very, very faint. Okay, is that better? That is better, yes, thank you. Okay, um, so you have the paper, he's asking 395 and we think it would appraise for the same, but you see my estimate of 386.56, and he's not willing to come down, but he wants cash. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, this is the one, I, this is, yeah, this is the one, I got this in front of me, this is a Donald Schaefer, it says, and he yes. wants cash. So how how many ways can you spell the word no? N O O O O. 
And oh, oh, I mean, I, if what he wants is cash, he wants three hundred ninety-five thousand dollars cash for a house that you think is worth three eighty. Although I will say this to Orly, I, I'm I'm kind of cringing here because it says up on top of your sheet, Zestimate three eighty. Is that a Zestimate? Yes. From Zillow. Why are you even looking at a Zestimate on Zillow? We go to um, rent, um, rent estimate ABC. Yeah, but I know, but that's it. But and they do for but, your convenience because it's it is sorry, the Zillow real database. Real estate ABC, not rent estimate. Real estate. I understand, and that's owned by Zillow. But at the at the corner, they started putting the Zestimate. You don't want to look at the Zestimate. It's just as crappy as the one that comes on Zillow. It is the Zillow. Zestimate. It's junk. When you go to realestateabc.com, you will see a list of properties. You enter the square foot and the information, whatever, and you will see some a listing of comps. You can pick and choose which ones would represent the R of the best. Mm-hmm. You want to go for the high end. The, 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 the Zestimate is some God knows what kind of algorithm they use. I would never trust anything called a Zestimate. So, Go to realestateabc.com, learn how to use the listing of, of comparable properties in the area, and pick some of the ones that are at the high end of that listings. That's how you would use realestateabc.com. Don't just take this estimate. But having said that, mm-hmm. how, how could you pay $395,000 cash? Where's the cash going to come from? Wouldn't it be an option? Not got cash. He wants cash. There's no options. Cash. Cash. Like cash is cash. We don't place on cash. Um, See, that, that would end the call immediately. If you guys are working Ron's system, so here I want to encourage you guys. You, you have to read through your scripts. Make sure you understand what those scripts are actually even saying. Um, um, we're, we're in the terms business. We're not buying houses for cash unless, unless it's an ugly house. That does not appear to be the case here. As soon as someone says, no, no, I only want cash, you read them the no script. If they still say, no, I want cash, you politely say, that's not going to work for us. Have a good day, and you're done. There's nothing else you can do. Well, what was it? Well, this is me interjecting. This is Paula. I was just as a question for what you all are talking about. I thought that an option, like I think Nakia, the the previous caller, was saying if you were to – if they would offer an, if they would accept an option, and even maybe give them three months so that we can find a qualified buyer, wouldn't that? Well, that's that'd be, you're talking about, That's not an option. That's not an option. Three months is you got to oh, purchase a sales agreement. You have an agreement, a contract, a P and S. Okay. That's not an option. Options a different okay. thing. A le- that's gonna be a lease option. You lease it for say five years or ten years, and you have an option to buy it for an established price. That's a contract. And you would, if you had that, by the way, you'd want to get a notice of option and record it in register of deeds so that it clouds the title. That's a separate discussion, though. You're not talking about an option here. You're saying okay. you want to do is get it under contract and, and flip it over to somebody else as an ax deal. You could do that. Have you been to Quick Start, Paula? Yes. Yeah. I've been to oh. Quick Start. Good. The- um, the one day, the three day, everything, mm-hmm. and I'm, well, I'm going to the the Nevada thing also. Oh, good. Oh, oh, oh you're, you're gonna go to the you're gonna be yeah. at the summit. 
Vegas. Yes, Orly and I will be there. Excellent. Yes. Scott and I will be there as well. Yep. You, you see us, <laughs> just punch it. Punch me. Say, John, you're too fresh on the phone to punch <laughs> But really, um, what you're talking about doing here is getting it under contract with a um, uh, with a purchase and sales agreement, and then if you if you can, if you can find your person who wants to buy it, then you can assign that contract for an assignment to. That's like wholesaling almost. Oh, but it sounds like it these is. numbers aren't that. These numbers, though, I don't know if they're supportive of that. They're asking three ninety five. You think you think maybe the the comps or the R would be three eighty, fifteen thousand dollars less. Yeah, I don't see anything here. Uh, I think that I I would be spending my time on on doing a lot more calls. You know, rather than struggle with this one for hours, I'd be making I'd be calling no leads first before I'd be chasing this one. I'll tell you because you can get some. There is there is gold in those no leads as well. No Ron teaches that. He's absolutely mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. Well, yes. with this one, I had um, two others who wanted cash too. So I said, let me send this in and see if my thinking is. And I felt that I, I was right in my thinking, and I made my little note, so I'm fine. I know how to move on with the other two, for sure. Sure. Okay? Sure. So, Great. I appreciate it. You okay. Know, thank you. Great. Thank so, you for calling in. Yeah. No problem. Thank you for answering okay. and helping out. You guys okay. have a great night. Okay, John. Okay, who's next on the phone here? Hey, how you doing? My name is Raymond from North Carolina. Raymond from North Carolina. How you doing, Raymond? Pretty good, pretty good. Um, I just finished up the Pretty Terms course probably a week ago, and I've been hitting it pretty hard, and I have two deals. One is pretty much set in stone that I got today, but I did have a, a few questions, and I'm sorry, I'm trying to turn the light on so I can see my paper. Um. But my questions had to do with with when you're buying with owner financing. Is am I correct that when you sign the contract, you're signing it with your LLC name, but the attorney is putting it into a land trust? Well, there's lots of ways you can do that. It's a good question, Raymond. So you're just talking about when you sign the first purchase and sales agreement, correct? Yes. That's not. I'll tell you what, a lot of folks ask us a question, oh, I don't have an LLC, how do I sign this, you know? So it, it almost doesn't matter because when you sign that purchase and sales agreement, first of all, you're only going to give them 10 bucks or 100 bucks, depending on what your, what, what your form is, your, your business practice. So you're not really at big risk. But in that agreement, you'll see it says here, or his assigns. And what that means is, if you mm-hmm. sign an agreement, a per, say you have no LLC, and you sign an agreement with a, a seller, and then you're ready to close and say 14 or 30 days, or whatever, you're ready to close. At the closing, the actual purchaser who takes the deed will not be you. It will. It better not be you in your name. It would be either a land trust or it might be an LLC, depending on how you structure and, and your conversation, your attorney will probably help you decide that. So whoever's on the PNS is kind of moot. If you have an LLC, okay. by all means, put the name of the LLC there. And, yeah, and even actually, then, I have a. Do I? Yeah, and even oh, then, at the yeah. closing, we uh-huh. Scott and I we put we put all of our properties in trust in a trust in a separate unique yeah. trust. 
So at every closing, mm-hmm. we might sign our purchase and sales agreement with our company name, uh, XYZ, LLC, and we sign it as a manager of that, of that LLC. And then when it comes time to close, we close into a trust. Yes. Perfect. That's what I needed to know. And I yes. also had a question about when it comes to insurance. Now, they keep their insurance until after closing. After closing, when our insurance goes into effect, the landlord insurance policy, does the seller's name have to be on that policy? Here's what we do. We, first of all, if there is an underlying mortgage, that is to say the seller has a note already, that's the truth? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He does. So there's a bank or something or a mortgage company, right? Yeah, Wells Fargo. Yeah, so and what I guess what you're probably going to do is have the maybe going to have the seller put it into a trust and then assign beneficial interest to you or your LLC. Is that right? Well, what I was planning on doing now the ARV is 145. They owe 113. They live in they live in Maine. Um, there's a $500 difference between the payment and what rent's going for next door. Same unit, um, same size. Um, so I was thinking in the purchase and sale agreement to do it in my LLC and then have the attorney put it into the land trust. Um, I didn't think that the, that the seller would have to do that beforehand. Well, is there an existing mortgage? You say it's $113,000 yes. owed, so there's a mortgage company. You're going to leave it in that mortgage? Yes. Yeah. And you're going you're gonna to pay the mortgage monthly, right? Yes. Well, you know, if... if he just sells it to you or sells it to your trust. That triggers the due on sale clause. If the bank, if the mortgage company finds out, they're gonna, you know, they're gonna come after you and they want you to, to uh, pay off the mortgage. Yeah, that that was always my my worry. But from hearing Ron and, and hearing all the about Joe, uh, uh, Joe McCall on lease options and, and owner financing, they say yeah they could call it, but they never. They never experienced that in all their years. Is that something that you really have to worry about? I, no, I wouldn't worry about it. I think you're absolutely right. I think that – and Ron has, a, a, I'll say, a little more experience than Scott and I do. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> We've been doing this for, like, five or six years, and Ron's doing it for, like, 39 years of some doggone thing. So, yeah, he's the guru. But <laughs> I think that he would agree. And I think on the Gold Club he talks about the Garn St. Germain Depository Institution Act of 1982. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's, and it's really pretty easy. I mean, you can just have the seller put it into a trust. It's just the paperwork. The paper trail shows that he puts it in a trust and then assigns his beneficial interest to you. And that, okay. that will do a good job of, of hiding it from any evil mortgage company who wants to try to get you to pay off the note. So with, with the seller then, would they have, to, they have to go put it into a trust before I sign the purchase and sale agreement with them? No, 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 no. Just sign the P&S. Okay. Get the P&S signed. And, hit that D. and make sure, though, that the other party who signs it, if, for example, if the, if the current deed is in two people's names, husband and wife or whatever, then you really want both signatures. And, and every state's different. I'll say that. I know that. And, and here in Massachusetts, our attorney says, eh, it isn't that critical. But we still try to get both names if there are two names on it, signed at that P&S. So that, that doesn't matter. Again, it can be assigned at the, at the closing. So what we do uh-huh. is at the closing, we do all this paperwork. Our attorney takes care of it all. At yeah. the closing, yeah. the seller signs some paperwork that, that creates this trust on paper and 
funds it with the house. He puts the house property into the trust. And then, mm-hmm. the, and then what we do is we give him a wraparound mortgage to, to cover that. We pay his mortgage, and he signs off on a, 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 an assignment of beneficial oh, okay. interest to our LLC. Now, get back okay, to your first question about insurance. that makes way more sense. Yeah, uh-huh. get back to your first question about insurance, and that is, you, yeah, you do need a landlord's policy. You will have to have, you will have to name the first mortgagee, which is his mortgage company. They have to be named in that. As, as insured, um, you will also we we haven't I don't think we've ever named the uh, the owner the the seller let's say it's more the mortgage company we make we make sure we name the trust because the trust owns it now we name the trust as insured and we typically name our LLC because our LLC is under contract with the trust to be the manager. So anybody who has mm-hmm. any entity that has exposure, we like to have named as additional insured. You want to talk to mm-hmm. your, you got deal with NREIG by any chance? Do what now? Your insurance, who's your insurance company? Who's my insurance company? Yeah, just a local company. Oh, I don't, I don't even have an insurance. Well, for my house, it's Foremost. No, I, okay, so I know Foremost. Are you, are you going to Summit? No, I'm I'm going to the 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 one in Raleigh, um, coming up in the end of March. Fast track. Yeah. Okay. Okay. There's a fast track then, and then, well, fast track's a one day event, and then you're gonna have oh, you're killing me. You gotta go to Vegas, man. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. Yeah, you gotta see at Vegas. You would, I'm sure, you see a table with the National Real Estate Real Estate Investors Group (NREIG). NREIG is a, is a – we use them. That We met them through Ron's networking group and his events and all, and uh, we're very happy with them. So, um, And they know all about this stuff and who your name is insured. Yeah, yeah. Cause I, I remember seeing one time with Joe McCall, he said the main thing and, and why people are getting a do-on-sale clause called is simply because they didn't have the seller's name in the policy. So the the seller's name must be in that policy with the mortgage holder, and that kind of confused me. And then I just wanted to get clarification on that. Um, yeah. So like when the when the seller asked me what so what happens with the insurance, I said, well, your insurance is going to stay enacted until after closing. Then you then you cancel that. Mine mine goes into effect. I didn't tell right. them that their name and, has to be on or it didn't have to be on. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. I hope that's your and question. I, yeah, I appreciate that. I did have a second question because I have this other property. Hey, quick, I, got, I, got a, property. I got a big queue here, so make it quick. All right, it's a higher-end property. Um, he has it listed for 410, and we spoke on the phone. He wasn't really talkative. He just kept saying, shoot me an email with your information. I shot him an email with my website. He went to my website, filled out my lead form, and answered all the questions I had. He wants to move out March 14th. And today I was going to call him, and I pulled up the property on Zillow, and I could see in the description where he was on it saying, oh, that he would consider owner financing now. So from after talking to him a day later, he's offering it in the Zillow listing, which just kind of threw me off. Um, but this, so would be my question? First pretty, this would be my first terms um, deal. So with it being 410000 now with the, the, the large down payment, if that were to happen, I have a transactional lender, 
But with him wanting to move out to 14, is that risky for my first one? Like, if he did want, say, 30,000 down. Are you 30,000 down? Are you following the scripts? Oh, yes. Yes. We haven't even got to that part, that part yet. I didn't ask him about the down payment. But yeah, my question yeah, I, was, yeah, because we can't do simultaneous closings in North Carolina. Um, I talked to at least 10 attorneys, and they said absolutely not. They could do a double close, but they will not. They will not use the buyer's funds to fund the first transaction. So that's my so, worry so, having to come. Do it. Okay. So so what's at risk here is you putting $30,000 down. We're typically, in the way that Ron teaches this, and we're, we don't like risk, okay? I'd have to have a lot of confidence that I've got a lot of equity sitting in this house and that I know I can move this thing really well. I would, I would want to know my territory very, very well even consider this because you're going to put yourself at risk and let's say i mean let's just play the worst case scenario you put 30 grand down and you're marketing this thing for the next 60 90 days and you can't find a buyer you're not going to be sleeping at night yeah that was my worries is that the closing cost is going to be high and with i can't find attorney that will that will simultaneously close so i'm trying to like make it work because this house is he has a lot of equity in it. He owes two two seventy. Right. Um, so this so, 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 I, so this is what I would do. Now you don't have a lot of time here, so it's very unlikely you're going to be able to make this work. If you try to force this to make it work, you're going to lose a lot of sleep. The way that I would approach it is, yeah, I'll close in ninety days, and then I'm going to go and find my buyer. And the way that I get my mm-hmm. buyer's community is, I'm going to get some earnest money from my buyer. So when I tell my seller, yes, I'm ready to close. I at least know I've got earnest money from my buyer that if they bail on me, at least I've got some money. So I've got some time to go ahead and look for another buyer. You don't have many days. <laughs> you've got less yeah. than a, you, you got about a month. I don't know how you yeah. pull this off without risking 30 grand. I know I wouldn't okay. do it. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, I do appreciate you guys. All right, Raymond. Thanks for calling. All right. Thanks for the help, man. Bye. All right. We'll see you. All right, who's next? Uh, this is uh, Damien from Maryland. How's it going? Damien Gerald. Yep, that's me. Mm-hmm. Damien, how you doing? Yeah. i got a couple of PI sheets here for you. Yeah, you know what? Um, I, I actually got uh, a more general question, nothing specific to the PI sheets, believe it or not. Um Hey, so like I said, I'm in Maryland. The uh, closing costs are uh, relatively high. Uh, the closing costs are usually four to six percent uh, of the purchase price. Um, and my question is, does that kind of um, is that pretty much not going to make sense for me as far as buying or seller financing or owner financing? Am I going to have to kind of stick with uh, lease options in the state of Maryland or uh, and I was curious, do you all have students that are buying or using seller finance in the state of Maryland, and if there's any tips or workarounds, uh, they are applying to do that at all? Yeah, you know, Damien, I'll tell you what, 6%. I, I live yeah. in Massachusetts. I thought we were bad up here. 6% yeah. is absolutely absurd. What? I don't. I can't imagine what all is costing six percent. But look, you know, 
you may you may decide that lease options are a better path for you if, if your closing costs are so high. But I'd be curious to what's costing six percent. Um, so now, and on the other hand, if if you're going to get some, if you've got a, a tenant buyer lined up, you're going to get some option uh, deposit money from your tenant buyer that more than covers that. Maybe just okay. so what? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right, that makes sense. What cost? Um, hey, but David, what what is it that costs six percent? Well, four four percent to six percent here in Maryland. It, Maryland is notoriously high for closing costs. I'm not sure. Now, I will say I have not actually done a deal or, or you know had to pay these closing costs. Um, but just from doing research and just from uh, you know general knowledge about the state of Maryland. Uh, the, the closing costs are notoriously high, four to six percent, and uh, I was just kind of wondering: am, am I kind of stuck doing lease options, or if uh, you know, if maybe you guys have students that are buying with seller financing in Maryland? Uh, but like you said, I guess if, you know, having a tenant buyer uh, option deposit uh, could you know kind of subside those costs, maybe. Uh, you didn't have any other tip for me in regards to that by any chance, did you? No. Okay. Okay. No, I, you know, um, I, I, but I would get, I would do some more digging and figure out if you, if your numbers are right. That six percent sounds. Mm-hmm. Like I say, I'm not yeah, sure that we're higher up here too. Yeah. Let me let me ask you this: Are closing costs? Say I'm buying on a wrap or something of that nature, or any creative financing purchase. Are the closing costs generally lower than, say, just a, a cash buyer who has gotten not a cash buyer, but a a regular home buyer who's gotten qualified with a bank, and you know, so are, are the costs lower in creative financing, or or does it not make a difference whether it's a creative finance or someone's got approved at a bank? Yeah, I mean, if you go, if you go to a bank, you know, people pay points to a bank, or and if you got a realtor, you're paying a realtor maybe. Uh, there's all kinds of costs again wrapped into that, but. Not in our case. We don't we don't pay uh, banks points, and we don't uh, if we, we're not financing that way. Um, oh, okay. You know, the biggest the biggest cost should be just your transfer tax and your your attorney's fees. You know, if you're getting if you're getting a uh, a uh, title insurance policy, which that's a choice. You may or may not get it. You don't have to get it necessarily. I see. Okay. You you need, uh, no, you need to do a break, do a breakdown of all the costs that you and and keep in conversation. Ask you're on the gold club, so just ask people on the gold club. Get in get in there and ask folks if if they pay this cost or that cost. Cause I think your cost, your numbers are sound high to me. I'd be double checking those. I, I I certainly will. Hey, another quick question. Uh, on, when buying on a lease purchase from the seller, you know I've been focusing on that because of, because of the high closing costs in the in the area. On Ron's uh, short form that we found with the seller, and, and I think you all may have addressed this earlier, but um, I don't see a line or a paragraph uh, uh, to kind of address the option deposit to the seller. Um, and I know you guys kind of typically like to pay with nothing down on a lease purchase, uh, but like you said, say the seller does want like the, the last month's rent or something, or even maybe a little bit more. How do I incorporate that into uh, Ron's short form with the seller where I, I don't really see 
where any payment to the seller up front is addressed in, in that in that agreement. Yeah. You know, Damien, do you have an attorney? I do, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, first of all, even 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 you shouldn't just be using Ron's forms without at least talking to your own local attorney. That's one thing you really need to do. And when you come across these kinds of, of twists or where you, you're not sure where to put this, a certain piece of money, you negotiate your terms, your attorney should be able to help you with that. Okay. And I'll tell you. Okay. We we yeah. And there's spaces. I know in the P and S is all kinds of spaces that Ron has. You can you can put some down near. I think it's paragraph 18 or something. There's a place to enter some extra stuff. You know, with language or whatever. And there's things you can do. And you may come across a deal that doesn't. It's not a cookie cutter. That that you've got some some commercial terms you've negotiated with a seller. You've got to talk to your attorney about how to work those into a binding contract. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and this this was more on the lease option <clears throat> agreement. Do do you all use that, or do you, do you, or we you have use a sure. modification now? No, we we've done lease options with with uh, sellers. Yeah, with the short form that Ron uses. Are you are you never uh, paying the seller option deposit? No, we have never. We don't, no. You don't pay a you don't pay the seller an option deposit, Damien. Never. Okay. Okay. All right. No, I well, I haven't. I would not I wouldn't do it. There are other deals okay. out there. I wouldn't do those kind of deals. So go on to the next one. Okay. Well, if it's a hundred bucks, I might I might pile with a hundred dollars, you know. But yeah, I don't yeah, think that's what we're talking about. Yeah, like like you said, sometimes they want you. You pay them the first month's rent, which is built into that agreement, that lease option agreement. That is kind of addressed. But then maybe they want another month's rent, maybe the last month's rent, or something like that. And I'm just not seeing where I can easily kind of write that into the agreement that's already designed by sure. Ron. The lease option short, the short form. Uh, well, sure, based on sure. what you're saying, maybe I can get a, an attorney to modify that one way or another. Is that right? Oh, absolutely. Those those agreements are. Matter of fact, even some even state by state, because of special state laws, you may your attorney may say we have to change this language a little bit, which is fine. Absolutely. Okay. Last quick question, and I appreciate you guys' time here. Um, what what are you finding these days here in 2020 as far as marketing to sellers and getting those um, those high quality seller leads? What what are you finding to be the best method, or would you say is the best best method here in 2020 here? Well, I mean, you know, you can get there's there's all kinds of leads out there. The, the the quick answer to your question is the more money you have, the better quality leads you can get. So where where are your mm-hmm. highest quality leads? Getting people to contact you. How do you do that? Pay per click, marketing on Facebook. But that's that's yellow uh, letters. Yeah, yeah, yellow letters. But that you know that stuff's gonna cost you a lot of money. Yeah. So it's not the entry level. You gotta you gotta start with what you can. Certainly the free stuff you can do bandit signs. That's less money. But to answer your question, if I look at you know what what are the top quality leads? Yeah, it's gonna be internet marketing. It is big bucks. It's big bucks. But 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 the other thing which you just pointed out, 
Then you, we, we've, we've gotten a fair number of deals from bandit signs as well. And that, that's probably one of, the, it's one of the cheapest ways of getting leads is bandit signs. Okay. And, um, okay, well, let me put it this way. Assuming you all are buying houses in your business, and I'm sure you, all, you are, um, what is uh, you all's favorite marketing channel right now uh, in your business? Uh, both of you all. I love, I love them all. <laughs> <laughs> but we, I, I probably, probably two of the favorites. I would say Scott Simmons agrees. Between our pay-per-click ads and the Facebook, probably. I'm, yeah, I, I got to get bandit signs but, in there because bandit signs. Yeah, are bandit signs because they're so cheap. The thing is, though, Damien, ask me that question in two months, and I'll probably have a different answer for you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Great, man. I've been uh, trying. Uh, I've been tampering with Facebook and. Even not knowing exactly what I'm doing, I am uh, seeing results. Uh, so I'm, that, it's good to hear that, uh, you know, that's one of the, your answers to that question. It's kind of reassuring. Um, but, yeah, hey, I appreciate you guys helping time. And, uh, hey, I, I'm done. Thanks for the information. You got it, man. All right, good, man. Good, good talking to you. Have a great night. Mm -hmm. All right, goodbye. Bye. Okay. Uh, who is next in the queue right now? Jerry, from Columbus, Ohio. Jerry from Columbus. Yeah. How you doing? Um, I'm all right. How you guys doing? Great, thanks. Want to see towns? Yeah. Um, my question. I'm a little new to this. Well, I'm not little. I'm very new to this. Um, and going through the Go Club and everything, I was wondering what's the difference between the wholesaling and the acts uh, program. Because I'm a little confused. Yeah, because it, to me it seems like it's the same, um, but I'm not sure exactly uh, how to go about it. Well, it's funny you say that. I never really quite thought about that way, but you know, you got a point, Jerry. There's a similarity between acts. It's an assignment and wholesaling, because wholesaling isn't always an assignment. Uh, sometimes you do a double close where you, you close on... What the, the the purchase side and then close the sales side. Plus, what wholesalers do up here in Massachusetts a lot. Uh, rather than show, rather than let the buyer, who probably is a flipper, someone going to renovate, rather than let them know how much money the wholesale is making, they will close in the two rooms in the registry of deeds. They close with one person in one room, and then they go and close with the the buyer in the other room. So, they, so in, that, okay. in that situation, the wholesaler owns the house for like 10 minutes. Okay. So that prevents now, you I'm from just, practicing that. In North Carolina, they can't do that that way. You can't do a, a, a double close. You can't use one source, the, the buyer's source of funds to pay, to pay the seller. In Massachusetts, I think they can. So, okay. Um, that's, that's a, a wholesale, you know, wholesale is kind of like a, that's a true flip as a term means flip when you get a house and you buy it and you sell it in 10 minutes you you if you own it you own it for a short period of time or you take an assignment fee in some cases which is that's what acts is you get an assignment fee you you negotiate and get the contract tied up the purchase and sales agreement and you assign it to somebody else so you can get out of the deal okay. make your five grand ten grand Whatever it is, quickly. It's very similar. 
Okay. Anything else, Jeff? And I signed up for the FISBO League. I've been getting those, but I was uh, been kind of timid to actually uh, contact them because I wanted to actually probably do an act deal first to try to get in the swing of things. But then sometimes I feel like I should just jump in and go straight into calling these FISBOs because, but I don't understand jump the gun and make the deal before it even starts. Um, and I don't know. So my question is, uh, from a standpoint of entry level, what would you suggest that I actually try to do first? Well, I think I can give you the, I can give you Ron's answer, which is our answer. What are you waiting for? Get on those FISBOs. That's, okay. that's your entry level. I think, I think acts, and you can certainly do acts, but that's not your entry level. That's, it, it still takes, a, there's still a little more sophistication there. I think so. And so get on the, you're looking for pretty houses, number one, number one priority, pretty houses. Start with the free stuff first. When, when I say free, I know you're doing the gold club to get the, uh, the, the FISBOs, but you're not marketing for right. those FISBOs. So start with the free stuff first, which is also going to get you to learn how to work those scripts. The number one thing you guys need to do, you've got to know your scripts like you're sitting at the kitchen table with someone just talking. It's going to take a lot of practice to do that, and the best way to do it is start making phone calls. Now, I, I don't want you to hear me wrong on this. I'm going to strongly encourage you, as Ron would, you've got to use a VA to go through all those crap leads to get to the yes leads and the no leads so that you've got someone to actually talk to who's already had a first touch. So if you want to increase your chances of getting a, a, a deal sooner rather than much later, I'd be using the VA service. Get them to call because the majority of those leads are crap, okay? Get them to call those, and the few that rise up to the top, that's the, those are the ones that you're going to start calling. Make sense? Hello? Oh, did we lose? Joe, are you there? Hello. We may have lost them. I don't know. Hello. Hello. Oh. There you are, Jeremy. Get you down. Okay. So is the VA located in the Go Club? Well, there'll be a house. There's got to be some kind of a, uh, a resource there, right? Him, yeah, but you, you know? you get that through. Yes, you can, you can ask you can ask about it through the Gold Club, but you would uh, – and, yes, you can, you can uh, upgrade to get the VA service or – the Gold Club, you can just get. Uh, I think you come in ten-hour blocks. Five-hour. Five-hour blocks. Five-hour and ten-hour blocks. You can buy, you know, just small chunks of VA time. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'll definitely look into that because um, I want to get this thing rolling. I'll tell you. I'll tell you something, Jerry. Scott and I've been this for a while, and we do use Eagle VA. We use the, the Gold Club VA service. It's working for us. Okay. Thank you so much. And I'll, I'll start you putting you got it, this. All right. Thanks for calling. All right. Thank All right. you. All right. Uh, who's next in the queue here? Uh, I just have a quick question. Um, Brian in Colorado Springs. 
Colorado Springs. Mm-hmm. I've been there, man. Pike yeah. Peak. Yeah, and it's cold, too. <laughs> um, well, we're in Massachusetts. <laughs> exactly. Well, I'll be going there in a little while, so. Um, nice. My my real quick question was just when for the gold club calls for the the ones that have been in, already recorded over the last few months or whatever, is there a way to get access to those so we could listen to them? Yeah, there, I think there is on the uh, gold club website. Isn't there, Scott? Is I'll it? Tell you what, um, I, uh, I just had someone just gave me the link. Some you know what you do? Who's your contact down in uh, in Jacksonville for the gold club? Because I, I top my, they just gave me the link just a few weeks or a month ago, and I don't have it top of my, I don't have, I don't have that information right now. But if you reach out to the, to the, uh, you give a call down there, they'd love to help you out with that. Ask them where the, the website is. There is a website page, and you can click them and listen to past, uh, past the calls. Yeah, uh, my, it might be on the uh, Gold Club site. You think maybe? Nah, I, you know, I forget. It's a problem right now. I don't know, Brian, if it's, if it's actually a, a sub-page in the site. I forget where it was, but if you could call someone down there, call uh, maybe James or someone down there. At, uh, in there, They're always great. They're, they're so happy to help you out. Give them a call. It's an 800 number. <clears throat> give them a shout. Say, hey, you know, I'm in the gold club. You can tell me where I can find this, and they'll give it to you real quick. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that, that was uh, – I've talked to James before, so – yeah. You, I can, I can yeah, I am. All right, Brian. Great. Yeah, look us up. It'll be good yeah. to see you. Yeah, we'll be there. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Thank you so much. All right, man. Thanks you for calling it. in. Have a great night. All righty. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. We got, uh, I think this is right now it's our last, uh, our last caller in here. Who is this, please? Hello. Good evening, gentlemen. <laughs> Use that term loosely. What's your name, please? <laughs> uh, Ahmed from Indiana. How are you, sir? Good. What's your name, please? Ahmed. Ahmed? Yes, sir. How are you today, Ahmed? I'm doing well. Thank you for being here. Thank you. I don't want to take much of your time. So, uh, may I ask a question, a general question about the mentorship program, or is this not the appropriate place? No, go ahead. Ask about it. What would be your initial instinct on mentoring somebody who lives and operates in the same city as you do? What would be your first thought on that? Uh, I don't think it's a problem. Uh, if, if we, so I'm in Massachusetts. Scott and I have business partners. Scott's in New Hampshire. I'm in Massachusetts. If we, if we were assigned a, 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 a student to, be, to mentor right here in, in the greater Boston area, I don't see a problem. It's not really a conflict because – First of all, we, we have to have the abundance mindset. There's plenty of deals out there for everybody. If we're coaching someone, mentoring someone, whatever, to help them learn Ron's scripts and learn how to, how to use this system and how to make money, and, and we coach them along with ideas on marketing, that's not going to interfere with our business at all. We're not worried about losing business. So I think I, think I can probably speak for all the mentors in that. They just yeah. wouldn't worry about which is, I think you're implying competition. Is that correct? Not necessarily. I wanted to, I, I, in some sense, I assume you could use that word, but I just want to make sure there wasn't any kind of conflict or I don't want the mentor to be stuck in a position where he's like, you know, I may not want to be the right guy for this student. I just wanted to kind of level my bases and make sure that I'm approaching the mentorship program with the right mindset, if you will. I get you. You know, 
I'll tell you what, Ahmed, I think, it, I think really in, in picking a mentor, and, and you get to ask, it doesn't mean you're going to get your first pick, but in picking a mentor, I think you hit on it right here. It has a lot more to do with personality and someone that can resonate with you that you feel you can build a relationship with in, in, the, in the six months' time of doing the, uh, the, the mentor program. It could, because a person in, in Indiana can be a great mentor for a, a student in Texas or in Massachusetts and vice versa. I think it, it, it has very little to do with the, if the person is in your state or in your city and more to do with how you feel your relationship can build with that, uh, with that mentor. Yeah. that answer your question? That was, that was exactly what I was hoping you would say, but I wanted to hear it from a professional first. <laughs> there you go, man. There you go. I'm glad I answered your question correctly. <laughs> Excellent. Thank, well, no, that's not what I meant. Please forgive me. I don't want to, be a, I don't want to sound mean. I was hoping for that answer. I'm happy that I heard it. I didn't want to, you know, I was afraid for the other, I was, I was afraid your opinion would go the other way. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. I, we're, we're on the same track. All right, excellent. Well, thank you so much, and I appreciate your time, gentlemen. Great. Hey, okay, I'm at right, Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So is that it? That is it. We, wow. uh, the queue is empty. And uh, that's great. Yeah, we had a great night. I hope you all enjoyed it. And uh, make sure you uh, check in next month for the uh, the uh, monthly Gold Club Q and A call. And uh, and and yeah, yeah. I was say make sure you make it to Las Vegas if you haven't already oh, signed up. Oh, the, the summit! Oh, the yeah, summit's yeah. great time. It's a great time, and it's it's fun. It's educational. A lot of networking. It'll be great to see you guys. Actually, n- next month I'll be uh, I'll be sort of uh, on my computer, kind of doing the call. John will be with me, so we're going to do this again in a month. So. We, we have time for one more call here. Right, someone one, just called it. One we more. got one more. This is it. One more. All right. So, all right. So, uh, who is this, please? We're going to take this last call here. Who is this? This is Dutch, and I want to thank you, John and Scott, for all of your help. You're great mentors, and you got most all the questions answered. <laughs> thank you. Oh. There we go. <laughs> you got it. Thanks, Dutch. I'll thank bet. you for your work. I appreciate you all guys. Right. Look, for, look forward to seeing you again, Dutch. Yeah, yeah, I'll bye-bye. be in Raleigh, that's for sure, and the boot and the um, uh, business boot camp, the commercial boot camp, and uh, most likely. Uh, super. Oh, that's a good one. Oh man, that's right. a great boot camp. Yeah, yeah. All right, All right man. Great. Appreciate you guys. Thanks so much. Bye bye. You guys have a great night. Yeah. You too.